Welcome to the Property Magic Podcast. My name is Simon Zucci, and in this podcast, I'm going to deep dive into the property investing strategies and investor mindset for my book, Property Magic. I will also share real estate investing hints, tips, and tricks, which I normally only share on my Property Mastermind Mentorship. Hello and welcome to episode number 157 of the Property Magic Podcast, in which I'm going to share with you a strategy which will work particularly well this week. So this is a time-sensitive strategy, so I encourage you to listen and also take action straight away. Now, there is generally a huge opportunity in the UK property market right now with landlords who are disillusioned and they're fed up and they're ready to retire. This is because of increasing legislation, rising interest rates, and many of them just thinking, you know what, I want to sell up and get out. Now, this is an increasing trend that's going to happen probably for the next 12 months or so. But this week in particular, there is an enhanced opportunity for you, which is why I'm sharing this in this episode of the Property Magic podcast. Now, it is time sensitive. The longer you leave in taking action, the less effective this strategy is going to be. So I really encourage you to listen carefully, maybe listen twice if you have to, and take action straight away. And this is really going to reward those people who listen to this podcast every single week. So all over the UK, the academic year at universities has now started and all students are now settled into their university accommodation for this academic year. Now, at most universities, there is an oversupply of accommodation, which means there's empty student properties right now in pretty much every university city. Now, the reason there's an oversupply is because over the last five years or so, there's been a huge amount of building of these new shiny purpose-built blocks, which are very, very popular with students. And so there are three reasons why student properties will be empty because of this oversupply. First of all, there are properties that are now just slightly too far from the university. Years ago, when the landlord bought them and started renting, they might have easily rented to students every single year. But now they're just a little bit too far away and there's more accommodation closer to the university. And proximity to the university is very important for students because how can I put this? They're rather lazy and they want to be very close to the university. The second reason why a student property might be empty is the condition of the property is just not good enough. And again, that landlord might have easily been able to rent it for many, many years. But as time goes on with wear and tear, the condition of properties comes down. And if landlords are not reinvesting in their property and bringing them back up to standard, which, by the way, is very high, there might be better accommodation available on the market. And so the students will take the best accommodation they can find. And then the third reason why a property might be empty might be actually a very good university property, very close to the university, but the group that's booked to come and live in that property, for some reason, they've fallen out. Over the summer holiday, they've had a big argument, or maybe some of them haven't passed their exams, which means they're not coming back to university. So the group has broken up, and that landlord who had a contract in place is suddenly left with an empty property. Now, these landlords 
who do not have students in their properties are panicking and they are worried that they are not going to have students for the next academic year. That means it's a perfect time to approach them and take their property on. Now, it could be a traditional purchase. It could be vendor finance. It could be a rent to rent where you're renting it and giving it back to them. Or it could be a purchase lease option. These are all strategies that you could use right now this week to secure empty student property. So how do you do this? Well, obviously, you can reach out to landlords through the HMO license register at the local council. Um, however, just be aware that not all student properties might need to be licensed. They might be HMOs. But remember, in most cities, you need five or more tenants for a property to require a license. Now, in some cities, it's three people, but most cities, it's five people. So, for example, I've got an HMO. It's a student HMO for four people. It doesn't have a license because it doesn't need a license because in Birmingham, in that particular area, five or more people is a requirement for a license. So not every student property will be listed on the HMO register, just to make you aware of that. The probably easiest way of finding the specific properties is to go to the student area and look for empty properties. Then you can go onto land registry and you can follow up um, with those properties. On land registry, you can get the correspondence address of the owner. You could write to them and say, hey, look, I noticed you've got an empty property. Uh, would you be interested in selling it or renting it? And then the third way you could find these properties is maybe follow up with landlords you've previously spoken to uh, who maybe were not really motivated at that time, but they might be more motivated now. So if you've been taking action and you've been looking for landlords, whether those are landlords selling properties, whether you've been doing landlord letter campaigns in the past, uh, or just through networking, any landlord you know who was interested in selling property, hopefully you've got a follow-up system. Reach out to those people this week because some of them might have student properties that might be empty and this could be a great opportunity. So I just want to focus in on how exactly do you find empty student properties in the local area? Well, you visit the area. Um, best to go early evening when it's starting to get dark and people are turning lights on in the property. And what you're looking for is properties where there are no lights on. Now, there might also be a to let sign outside the property, which is also a good clue. However, I want to fill you in on a t uh, mistake that many investors make. Many investors who don't understand student properties, they might look at a student area and see all these to let signs up in the air and think, oh, there's a massive oversupply here. And there might well be an oversupply. But many of the properties that have to let signs outside of them, they are actually full of tenants who've signed up for the full academic year. So why do they have a to let sign? Well, although they're not supposed to, many letting agents leave those signs up because they want to encourage people who are looking for property to give them a call. That particular property might well be full already, but it's a kind of free form of advertising for them. So just because a student property has a to let sign outside of it, it doesn't mean it's empty. And it might be the agent who's advertising to say, hey, this is available to let, but from next year. And that's the great thing about student property is when you do get a group of tenants in, they're in for a year. And actually, very often you can get them signed up for the following year as well. So just be careful. If you see a to let sign outside a student property, it doesn't necessarily mean it's empty right now. But if you're going around the local area and all the lights are off 
and there's a to-let sign, well, that's a good sign that maybe that property is empty. You see, in a normal student house, you probably have three, maybe to six tenants, and it's unlikely they're going to be all out at the same time. There's normally someone in the property, which means there will be lights on. But if there are no lights on, write down that property address. Then you go back a few days later, similar kind of time in the evening when lights were normally on, and you just go back to the properties that you notice the first time around they were empty. And if there's still no lights on, there's a really good chance that that is an empty property. You then go onto land registry. Now make sure you do get the proper government website. If you go onto landregistry.gov.uk, then you can pay your three pounds, put in the address and download the title deeds. Now, sometimes the title deeds will have the address of the, the actual student property itself, but hopefully they should have the correspondence address of the owner and you can write to the owner about their student property, their empty student property. And they'll be very aware of it right now. And But this is time sensitive. You know, the longer you leave this, um, they will find some other solutions. So you want to be taking action on this straight away. Now, these landlords are going to be motivated. So maybe you can purchase below market value. They might be concerned about the market potentially coming down, even though it's been booming for the last few years. Or maybe you offer them full price if they can help you with the deposit and you use a strategy such as vendor finance, which I've talked about in previous episodes of this podcast. Or maybe you just do a rent to rent where you take the property on, you rent it from them, give them a guaranteed rent, and then you give it back to them in a few years' time, or better than a that better than rent to rent is a purchase lease option, where you also take the property on, give them a guaranteed rent, and then you have the right to buy the property in the future as well. Now you might think, well, hang on a minute, this sounds great, Simon, but why on earth would I take on uh, a, a, an empty student property because I'm not going to be able to rent it to students? And that's right. You're not going to rent it to students, but instead you're going to repurpose the property and rent it to a different type of tenant. Um, it could be young professionals. It could be working people, or you could even rent it to a charity who put vulnerable people into the property. Now, you might be thinking, well, OK, that that makes sense. But why doesn't the landlord just do this themselves? Well, some landlords do. And the longer you leave this, if they've got an empty property, they might find a solution and they might decide to rent it out in a different way. However, many people incorrectly assume that when you talk about HMOs, you're talking about student accommodation. And even many experienced investors think this. They think, oh, HMOs, oh, you mean student accommodation. Well, that's not necessarily the case. There are different types of tenants in HMOs, as I've said before, they're students, they're young professionals, working people. You can put people uh, who are in need uh, from a charity into the property. And so there are all these different types of tenants. But if someone has been a student landlord and that's all they've known, that's all they're thinking about, that all they're focusing on, and they're focusing on the fact that they have no students in their property and that's causing them a big problem. Now, I believe that HMOs are a great strategy to be using all the time, particularly as we move into recession, because they are really a recession proof strategy. This is because in times of recession, when times are hard, people have to pull their belt in, they want to save money and spend less money. And so for someone to live in a shared house where the bills are generally included, that's much cheaper and cost effective than living in their own apartment on their own, where they have to pay not only the rent, but also all the bills, particularly with increasing energy costs. So I believe that 
occupation and HMOs is going to become more and more demand for this um, over the next 12 months. Now, the one caveat here is please make sure if you're doing HMOs, do not do standard HMOs because there is an oversupply of HMOs in most areas. So listen carefully. If you're going to be doing HMOs, they need to be a very high quality, high-end HMOs. Doesn't matter if it's a student tenant, doesn't matter if it's young professionals, you want high-end. And what that means is you will always have people prepared to come into your property and pay a higher rent to you. It's still going to be more cost-effective for them than it is living in a um uh, on their own, but you're going to get a higher rent than everyone else. Do not compete with other HMO landlords on rent. You want to compete on quality and standards. That extra rent gives you more than enough to cover the increasing energy costs. So you're going to be far more effective. Now, most landlords are putting up their rates anyway because they include the cost of bills and obviously energy costs are going up. So we can compensate for that. But if you have a high-end HMO, you'll have people queuing up wanting to live in your property. Now, if you're not listening to the podcast when it came out, um, you know, you might be you might have missed the boat slightly. Um, what you can do is put the date into your diary for next year to put this into action. And actually, I encourage you to get into the habit of listening to this podcast as soon as it comes out, because very often the content is topical. Now, as I mentioned earlier, one of the best strategies to use is purchase lease options where you take the property on, you're giving a guaranteed rent to the owner, which by the way, at the moment they're getting nothing. So whatever they get is going to be better than the situation right now. So you can rent it out and make a margin on that, but also you get the right to buy the property over the next few years. Um, very similar to rent to rent because you give them guaranteed rent, but it's better because you get potential capital growth as well. So you really should be using purchase lease options at the moment. Great strategy, particularly if we go deeper into the recession. And also if it gets difficult to borrow money to actually buy properties because lenders are getting nervous about interest rates, a purchases option can be a fantastic strategy. So if you haven't done a purchase lease option yet, I would suggest maybe you don't really understand enough about them. And so I encourage you to come and participate in some online training that I'm doing that you can access at no cost all about purchase lease options. So you can go to www.plotraining.com and register for that complimentary training. I think you'll find it very, very insightful and it's a perfect strategy to be using right now. So I encourage you to go and listen to uh, that online training. There'll be a link in the show notes. The website again is www.plotraining.com. So until next time, I encourage you to invest with knowledge invest with skill, but get out there and find some of those empty student properties right now. Thanks for listening to the Property Magic Podcast. To get this week's show notes, please visit www.propertymagicbook.co.uk forward slash podcast. You can contact me via LinkedIn. You can follow me on social media. And I highly recommend you subscribe to my YouTube channel to watch loads of valuable property trading for free. All of the details are available in the show notes. Until next time, invest with knowledge, invest with skill.